Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know you've been a good saver. You've amassed a nice portfolio that really should take you all the way through your retirement. So today we're going to talk about that first year of retirement because things are going to happen that you just did not expect. So we've got five of them right here, and uh, we're going to help you prepare for all of them. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative, 30-plus uh, years helping folks get to retirement. You can learn more at his website at silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. Uh, oh, he's also an author, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. That's a great little book that's available free. We'll tell you how to get that before the show's over. And uh, other, hey, Kevin, how are you? Oh, we're we're doing great here. You know what? We've got a little bit of rain in the in the desert these days, uh -oh. so it's it's we're cooling off a little bit. You know, it's uh, like in the sixties. Oh wow, that's uh, that's like parka weather for you. It it is. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, you know, went outside this morning. I said, man, I I can't be walking around in shorts and a tank top here. So. <laughs> it's a little chilly. It is a little bit chilly, yeah, yeah. even even in Arizona. I'm so, right. uh, yeah, it's good. And, and, guys, by all means, please check out the website, silverleaffinancial.com. And we've got a ton of information. We've got a lot of articles. We try to keep it fresh and put new things up there all the time. So take a look, check it out, and uh, let me know what you think. All right. Uh, yeah, again, silverleaffinancial.com. In fact, you can email uh, Kevin right there on the homepage. There's a link right there. Yes, exactly. So any questions come up, or you know what, if you'd like to get a copy of the book, just send me an email, and I'll be happy to share it with you. Uh, there's some good insight in there. And if uh, if nothing else, just give you a little more information maybe uh, that you weren't aware of. All right. I like it. Um, so you set us up for uh, a pretty interesting conversation. We're talking about the first year of retirement. And, and again, like you said, things are going to happen. They always do. I mean, look at the last three years, for goodness sake. I mean, you know, stuff yeah. happened. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff happened, right? And, so, uh, so let's talk about the adjustment that we have to make going into retirement. That there's a there, on a number of levels we have to adjust. I, 
No, no question about it. And, and it is it, many, many levels, actually, you know, because even if you get a smart plan for your retirement, you know, there's still an adjustment period. Uh, you know, when you leave the labor force, obviously, you're going to, um, well, in most cases, I should say, you're probably going to have less money coming in. Some of the very fortunate ones, uh, maybe they'll have the same or more c- coming in. Uh, but most of the population, they're going to have less money coming in. Um, you know, and, and we know that those habits that you've been in for the last 40 years or so while you've been working, you know, some of those habits and assumptions can be can be tough to change. And, you, you know, so you want to make make sure you take a look at the habits that you've gotten yourself into. And of course, I'm talking about financial habits. Right. You know, we want to we want to review everything. Right. Which is something something I try to do on a regular basis. You don't have to wait till retirement, of course. Uh, but but one thing that that uh, drives me a little bit batty are all of these monthly subscription fees. Oh, man, it's, there's a bunch, aren't there? It's you know what I think it's like everybody and their brother right including the biggest brother of all Apple and, okay. you know it I, I don't I mean I I'm I'm I actually when I think about getting you know a side note I think about getting a new phone and I say I can't buy an Apple product because then I'm going to be stuck with these you know monthly fees for everything so I just <laughs> avoid Apple personally um, I know a lot of people don't do that I'm just saying that's how much I don't like monthly fees right I want to you know they're doing it with cars you guys know with cars now they're they're putting some of the features on cars. If you want, for instance, I don't know, your seat warmer to work, you got to pay a monthly fee. A and monthly fee? Yes, sir. Really? I hadn't monthly... heard that. That's crazy. It's totally well. Prepare yourself if you go out to buy, if you go out to buy a new car. Um, I think it was BMW that uh, that is the one that I'm referring to. Um, but it's many things, many things that they have that they're figuring out and they're saying, you know, like for a long time, General Motors, um, when you bought a new GM, you know, back in the day, we 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 bought GM. My wife's car is a GM. And that first year, they give you, uh, what, the satellite radio Sirius, I think mm-hmm. it is? Yeah. So so they give you one year for free, right, because they want to get you hooked on it. Uh, and then they want to start, start charge you a monthly fee. And I am here to say, I think everybody should avoid extra monthly fees like the plague. All right? If you don't need it, I'm going to say, seriously question whether it's something, you know, that's a, a need versus a want. Oh, big uh, difference and- there. But it's uh, it's very easy to fall into that trap of, well, you know, I'll just do this. It, it, it is, it is, you know, and it's just, it's just like when you have work done, um, you know, like any project I do in my house, I'll call over some people to get some estimates and they say, well, you know, the way you're doing it, that'll work out. That'll work out. Okay. But, but you know, if you did it this way, it'd be so much better. And of course the better way is a lot more money. Of course and, it is. <laughs> you know, and so, so I, I, I think what we want to do is make sure you go over all the subscriptions, everything, you know, take a look at your, your monthly subscriptions, whether it's, it could be a newsletter. It could be anything and everything, you know, whether it's a, a music source or, or anything else that you're paying a monthly fee. Just take a look at it and make sure that you're one, you're still using it. Cause I think a lot of people, they sign up for these things, they give them their credit card number and then they forget that the, that the company is continuing to charge you every single month, every single month. Yep. Right. But the fact is just like Apple figured out years and years ago, Hey, you know what? This can be like an annuity. They can pay us every single month and we're just doing the same thing we've always done, right? And and so there's so many businesses that are trying to make that transition too. They figure out, wow, it's so much easier if you can just get people to keep paying you every month, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to keep you don't have to keep on finding as many new customers because your existing ones are paying you more money. That's like what, that's like the gyms. That's what they do. It is the gyms. And 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 I don't know if you guys have run into it. I know one of these things I one of the reasons I don't like giving somebody my credit card is because sometimes some of these companies make it Im- virtually impossible to cancel it or to stop it. Right. Mm-hmm. And they'll, I've run into things where you, you know, you give them a credit card and they say, Oh, all you have to do is give us a call and, and cancel it. 
Well, you know what? They don't answer the phone. They just, <laughs> they just don't answer the phone, right? How are you going to yeah. cancel it, right? And and so just be aware. There's a lot of you know shysters out there. If you you know borrowing a word from the past, I guess um, they don't care if you if you want to use it or if you do use it at all, right? They just want your money. And and so take a look at that because I'd be willing to bet everybody could probably find a few bucks. You know that you didn't even know you were spending something that maybe about a year ago, and, and you haven't been using it anymore. Right. Uh, well, I mean, know, again, you've got. I mean, it's like the subscriptions to uh, you know the, the the streaming services. You know, oh, I mean, a, it's like yeah. well, there's only five bucks, but then when you're when you're subscribed to what I'm looking at a, a five that I know of for sure for me. So it's yep. like, jeez, yep. I better That's take. It. I better evaluate this. Is this something worth it? Is it worth it? No, that's it's a good. That's a really good point because there's so many people look at their, their cable bill. You know, I, I I was back back in the day. I used to be a cable subscriber, and then I saw my bill go up and up and up and up. I got tired of you know. Oh well, you just got to call the company and negotiate with them, and and so that'll take you know what another half an hour out of your day. Sure. Um, and and going through playing all those games, I just got tired of playing the games, and so I cut the cord and we switched to streaming. And just like you, I've got probably at least five or six different services. I know. And, you know, and, and, and then I actually look at it and I say, man, am I, am I actually even saving any money compared to cable anymore? And, um, and the answer is yes. I, I personally still am. Uh, although when we get into the fall, then I do sign up for the sports ticket through my streaming service. Sure. And, and of course, you know, that's the NFL red zone and all that good stuff that I like, that I like to watch. Oh yeah. And so, so then you're paying a few more dollars and, and the thing, what I do, I put it in my calendar. And so for like me, for the, for the sports upgrade, you know, I do that until the Super Bowl. And then the day after the Super Bowl, I'm canceling that service, and and that way, um, you know, I'm I'm uh, paying for it when I'm using it. But once I'm done using it, you know, uh, then I'll cancel it and save the money. So I think it's something to take a look at. It's a really easy way to blow some money. Take a look at it. You could probably find yourself at least an extra free lunch every month, if nothing else. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, exactly. You, you know, because it all adds up, right? And and so we really want to basically what it's all what it all comes down to, right? Is to you want to prioritize what's important to you what you really want to do and how you want to spend those funds in retirement, because, you know, you may have, you, most of us have a limited amount of money. When you stop working, you don't have that money coming in anymore. Now, maybe if you got a part-time gig or a side job or something, uh, which by the way, I think is a great idea. If, if you have a skill or a talent or a hobby that you can make, you know, some money with on the side, personally, I really like the idea of part-time work for for early retirees, meaning, meaning retirees in their sixties, I think part-time work is a great thing to do. If you have something that you enjoy doing that you can make some money with it, why not keep on doing it while you're probably in good enough health to keep doing it and therefore spend less money as you go, as you start your retirement? Because those first several years, in my opinion, are the most critical. And, and so you want to take a look at, uh, you know, like for instance, are you doing things, are you, are you planning on some expensive trips? You know, a lot of couples that I've talked to, they tell me that, uh, and myself and my wife included, I, you know, to be, to be honest, we also want to have a trip. I've talked to her. You want to go to Australia and Europe, and I'm not talking about a trip for a week. I'm talking about a few months. And, and then the thing that occurred to me is, you know, a lot of people are doing that. I see a lot of people doing it right away when they retire. And it makes sense. Cause they think, well, that's when they're the healthiest and you know um, it's, it, you know, health goes down over time. Right. Yep. So they want to travel right away. But my point is, as long as we've, you've got the wherewithal and you've ran the numbers to make sure. But if you're talking a couple months on vacation, that could, that could easily be $30,000 or more. Um, of course, depending on where you go and where you stay. But if you're, if you're doing something like an around the world trip or a long cruise, that can be a lot of money. 
And the, a lot of times the way that I think about it, I say, you know what, instead of spending 30 grand on this trip, what if you invested that 30 grand? 10 years from now, you could probably take that trip just off the interest or the growth and you wouldn't even feel it. So, so I, I'd encourage everybody to take a look at travel. It's become so crazy expensive that, that to me, um, you know, I, I, told, I told my wife, I said, I, I, just, I guess I'm not going to be traveling as much as I thought, unless the prices come back down to something more reasonable. But you know, I was telling Steve before the show, I was on Airbnb yesterday. I, never, I did not imagine there'd be so many houses north of $1,000 a night. I mean, it. I thought that was like a high price. No, not, <laughs> no, not it's, at all. The, it's almost the norm. Yeah, I was looking too, and it's you know seven to nine hundred dollars is just common. It's common, right? And yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that seems like a, like a lot of money. Oh for no, one that's, a lot of money. <laughs> that's, <right? laughs> that's a no, lot of money. Right? That's a lot of money. Because I'm like, holy cow! Maybe I'm just out of touch. But uh, but you know, Tim, that's it's a lot of money, you know. And and I think there's still a lot of what I call COVID pricing going on. You know, uh, a lot of the craziness that happened over the last few years, people, you know, people have everyone seen the inflation. They've seen all the prices. And I think that kind of gives license, if you will, to everybody selling anything that says, you know what, everyone else is jacking prices. Why don't we do it, too? Um, and they're also tacking on all sorts of extra fees. You know, I'm seeing administrative fees. We've got restaurants that are adding on fees that that they say employee benefit fee. OK, and and so. Guys, make sure you take a hard look at all these because um, they're uh, they could cost you a lot of money, and and I think it's uh, a bit unfair and a bit deceptive. A lot of these companies they're not telling you ahead of time; um, they just it shows up on the bill when you get the bill. Yeah. So and look at the fine print, I guess, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to look at the fine print, you know. So, but by all means, we we you know I love to travel as well. I just want to do it as smartly as I can. So maybe when you're retired, make sure you're taking a look at different days of the week. As my understanding is if you travel on a Monday or a Tuesday, you'll probably save a lot of money versus leaving on a Friday. So, you know, yeah. I, I think if you can juggle things like that because you're retired, take a look at altering your schedule. So, um, you know, so maybe you don't travel in the summertime when all the kids are out of school and that you know, could jack up prices and, and, and crowds as well. It'll be more crowded, right? Yes. So, always. you know, so try to uh, try to put it together at a, at a less than not, not peak time. Right. Right. Um, you, you know, so I think I think that that's important. So. You know, the other thing I want to talk about, though, I think a lot of people, they have, a, they have an idea of retirement and they don't, a lot of them don't seem to think about continuing to save money in retirement. A lot of them, you know, we talk about you go from accumulation to decumulation and a lot of people don't realize, but, but the big but is that you should still be saving. And so part of that social security check coming in, you should be saving hopefully at least 10%. I'm going to say it should be more like 40 or 50%. All right. And now some people look at me and say, you know, and they get ticked a little, you know, a little bit annoyed. Why are you, why are you telling me that, Kevin? And, and guys, that's because look at just the last year, inflation, cost of goods are up 8 9 10%, some even higher. So if you retired a year ago and, and you're literally spending all of the money that you have coming in just to live your life, you're not going to be able to keep up with inflation. That's just the bottom line because you know, we know prices are going higher, but we have no idea how much higher. And so if you just factor in, if let's say we go back to two or 3% inflation, if you just say 3%, after 10 years, that's a 30% increase, right? Yeah. And that's simple. And that's simple interest, not compound. All right. So, so just imagine 10 years from now that everything is going to cost you 30, 35% more, maybe even more. All right. And so if you don't have that cushion when you first start, that's where it can get really, really, you know, kind of dangerous in my view, um, in that you might not have enough money to pay your bills and do what you want. 
and who knows what you're going to have to sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. None of us want to, none of us want to have to sacrifice anything, you know? And, and so I think it's important, especially when you get to those last couple of years before your retirement, that you take a look, you run the numbers and you make sure you've accounted for a pretty significant amount of inflation because you could be spending at least 20 years in retirement. And even at historical terms of let's say two, two and a half percent, that means in 20 years, prices are going to be up, I would say at least 50%, um, if not more, right? So, so I think it's important that you keep on saving and, and incorporate that into your retirement plan. So we're not just looking at what you're doing now and what you want to do for the next several years. We're looking at how much you're able to continue to save to keep on, you know, building, uh, to keep on building up the nest egg, or at least to not uh, withdraw from it and and uh, you know knock it down quite, you know, so quit knock down the balance quite so quickly. Sure, because we want to make sure that it lasts. Well, I do think people think, you know, I've saved my whole life. I'm gonna got to retirement. Yeah, I'm done saving. But no, you're not, right? It, I mean, it. it that, yes, I just think build up that emergency fund if nothing else. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. And I think that that is what a lot of people think is I'm done saving. I've got this income and they look at their bills now and they say, oh, well, I've got an extra, I don't know, 500 bucks a month. I can retire now. And and I have to say, well, let's 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 slow down. Let's, you know, slow down that roll, you know, slow that roll a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Right. Slow down a little bit and, and let's take a look at everything and see, let's say we factor in inflation five years from now. Do you still have extra money? Um, you know, and so there's a lot of issues that come into it, it which is why it's so difficult. It's it's much more difficult planning for retirement now because a lot of folks don't have a pension plan from their you know, employer, like, you know, like probably your parents or your grandparents might've had. And I know in my case, both my parents and my grandparents, they all had pensions, uh, you know, in addition to social security, um, you know, but I don't have that luxury. And so uh, I, I am taking the liberty and, and putting things away now that can help provide an income uh, in retirement and give me that bump uh, so I can deal with inflation. And the way that I'm doing it is with index annuities that are built for income. And so I want to touch on that a little bit. And yeah. this is this is where, you know, you want to make sure you incorporate your social security strategy, right? Along with your other income plans. And so this is when you do, I would suggest sit down with a professional, if no other reason than just to get a few ideas. Okay. And guys, let me tell you, I'm happy to answer anybody's questions. I'm happy to have conversations on the phone. We can do video calls. Or we can sit down face to face, you know, the old fashioned way, and we can talk that way. There's no cost and there's no obligation, but I'll be happy to answer your questions so that you can get more information and that you can take a look at different possibilities, right? And that's how I look at investments and which assets to, you know, to put your money into is you want to look at the different choices, right? What are my alternatives? And, and so one thing that is an alternative that can help bump your social security income, you know, because let's face it, most people aren't. Most folks, um, they're going to need additional income over and above their Social Security to live the life that they want to in retirement. And so you want to look at where is that money coming from? If it's in the stock market, all right, that's when we talk about what, what, happen, what has happened lately. You know, you guys might have heard the 60-40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Right. It's, it's off to its worst start in a century. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Yeah. One, wow. Guys, 100, 100 years. It's the worst. It's, it's never hasn't been this bad in a hundred years for that portfolio. And that means both stocks and bonds are down double digits. And so if you've had a half a million dollar portfolio that you're taking out 4%, right? Which is the rule of thumb, which is 20 grand on a half a million. All right. But if you suffer a 20% loss on that portfolio, your 500 is now 400, right? Exactly. So are you still, are you still taking out that 20 grand? 
because now you're over the withdrawal rate that's recommended if you want that money to last you. So either you lower your withdrawal rate, you cut it down by four grand, or you're increasing the withdrawal rate, which means you're possibly jeopardizing your, your source of income uh, for retirement. In other words, it might not, it, in other words, is not going to last you as long as it would have uh, had, the, had the account gone the other direction. All right. And so um, there's a concept in here that I'm referring to that is really critically important. It's called sequence risk. And sequence risk has to do with the sequence of returns when you go into retirement. So, so imagine the first year of retirement, you've got money in stocks and bonds. And imagine those first couple of years, the market drops 20, 30, 40% each year, right? How that can be devastating to your retirement plans versus if you retire in the first couple of years, the market's going up 20 or 30 or 40%, right? Then life is good, man. You, you can take that extra vacation. Maybe you can spend an extra week in, you know, in Aruba or something. Sure. Um, you know, but but that is the part, the critical part. And that's why I wanted to talk today about those first few years of retirement, not just the adjustment and prioritizing your expenses and keeping on saving, um, but you want to make sure that you're familiar with these risks because anybody that retired, let's say a year ago, and they left all their money in stocks and bonds, they've probably had a pretty harsh awakening in terms of, in terms of you know, how far their money is going to go. And I can tell you also a lot of people that thought they could retire um, you know, maybe this year or in the next couple of years, those plans have gotten pushed back. You know, most people are pushing back the retirement date because of what's happened in the financial markets, you know, over the last year. Sure. And we want to do everything, we want to do everything we can to try to avoid that if possible. Well, and, and again, if I might add that you, when you're looking for somebody to help you, make sure you choose a fiduciary, independent, somebody with experience, uh, because I'll tell you what, you, you talk about dividend paying stocks, you pay dividends I mean, working with you or any fiduciary, you know, respectable, you get you get dividends out of working for them. I mean, you get you get what you pay for. You, you do, you do, and 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 I'll tell you what, guys. There's uh, there's a lot of studies, research that has come out. You know, just in the last couple of weeks. Um, I I'm sorry, I'll have it for for the next. I think it was either Forbes or Fortune. Just did just did a uh, came out with some research uh, that shows that the satisfaction rate amongst retirees that use a financial, you know, fiduciary advisor are higher than, than the do-it-yourself investors. Uh, and the results are, are better uh, by almost 3% per year than the do-it-yourself investors. And maybe 3% doesn't sound like a lot. And maybe for one year, it's not. But you compound that over 10, 15, 20 years. Oh, man. That's a, it's going to be a significant amount of money. Yeah. Okay. Big time. <clears throat> and so I think a good advisor, I w of course, I am independent. I am a fiduciary. Uh, and I and I set myself up this way because I think that a person that's independent, that is a fiduciary, is in the best position to give you the most objective advice. So that because they can look across the entire investment universe, I can look at everything across the universe. I'm not limited to something that might be on my company's shelf, so to speak. Uh, and the big big companies, that's what they do. They pick and choose what the advisors can recommend, uh, and it might be perfectly fine. I'm just saying that you want to be aware of it. Because just because your guy at, at a big wirehouse or the woman at a big wirehouse doesn't recommend or suggest something doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it or that it might not be even a better fit for you. It probably just means that it's not available to them. And so I think when you're doing your research and you're trying to find an advisor, you want to talk, you want to talk to you know, people from, that have different back, that are at different locations, let's say. Not, and I shouldn't say physical location, but talk to independent fiduciaries as well as if you're talking to people at your bank or or your big brokerage firm or something, 
talk to different folks so you can get an idea of where they're coming from, what their fee structure looks like, what's their philosophy, and how exactly they can help you get to where you want to be. And then you can make an informed decision about which path is best for you to go down. All right. That, that again, it just all makes sense. You're very logical, uh, which I think sometimes uh, and you know and practical. I think that's sometimes lost on people. Yeah. You no, know, I think I think you're right. Common sense. Right. That's I mean that's another thing that seems lost on people. It and and it's you know it, it's becoming more and more you know uncommon. Um, you know, and I and I think a lot of people they they listen too much to in my opinion. They put too much weight on something they, they, you know, a story they hear on the television or a story that they heard from a friend or a relative, as opposed to going out and doing their own, you know, research and checking it out for themselves. I, th- I think you'd be very well served to do it yourself to make sure uh, that maybe your friend or your relative is not missing anything, or maybe they just were, were told something that's not true or incorrect. And so I really would strongly suggest everybody to check it out. All it's going to take you is a little bit of time. A good advisor does not have to charge you for sitting down and, and having a conversation. All right. If there's so, if they have to charge you for that, to me, that reeks a little bit of desperation. Um, you know, it's, I, I just, I don't operate that way. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally hire somebody that worked that way because I think if they're good, you should be able to recognize that. Um, and if they're good enough, they shouldn't have to charge you just for a brief consultation. And it, that's, you know, of course my two cents. Um, but I, but I don't like it when people pay just for a, a phone call or a conversation um, I, I don't think it should operate that way. And, and I think if somebody is good, they're going to be able to attract clients and attract business without resorting to that. Well, I would so hope I so. To take a look at. Yeah. yeah. Right. I would hope so. And, and, uh, you know, this is, again, we were talking about that first year, first couple of years in retirement and, and, you know, there are just so many practical things that, uh, that people don't think about. And, and the only reason I have is just because I talk with you and you get, you know, you bring that insight to say, all right, these are the things that I've experienced with people in the past and you can apply it. That's, you know, and I, I appreciate this, Stephen. I think that's true with a lot of people. I think when you're, you know, you're young, you're raising your family, you're focused on your career, you know, you, 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 you most likely started putting something into 401k, maybe, maybe did, maybe didn't, uh, and maybe you haven't taken a look at it, um, you, you know, but a lot of them don't take the time to sit down uh, to, to get more of a long-term plan. And I would strongly suggest that uh, by the time you get to around 50, I would really, if you haven't met with an advisor before that point, I would definitely strongly recommend you do it now because there's a lot of things, for instance, uh, I'll tell you on, on some of these income annuities. And I say income annuity because all annuities are not set up to pay you income. All right. There's a, it's a misnomer that all of them do that. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of them can't even be annuitized, which sounds crazy. Um, but you want to be familiar with the options and you want to take a look. And I can tell you one of the really nice things uh, that's happened as a result of interest rates going higher is that not only are, are we finally getting paid some interest at the bank, right? And, and you can finally get a decent interest rate on, on a guaranteed, you, you can get a 4% bond now, which we haven't seen for probably 15 years. So I, I think it's important to take a look at these and compare them, right? What I like to do is I like to put it side by side. And, and what we wanna do, we go over all your expenses, all of your income, all your assets and liabilities. So we look at the whole picture and then we wanna see how much money you wanna have coming in over and above you know, what you already have from, let's say, your Social Security, or if you're fortunate enough to have a pension as well. But we want to look, most people have an income gap. In other words, you need another 1000 or 2000 or $3,000 a month, whatever the number is, um, over and above those other sources. And so what I like to do is compare them. And I like to say, let's say, 
you've got $100,000 and you put it into a good income annuity. Let's say, uh, let's say for instance, you're a couple, a married couple in your mid to late 50s and you put 100,000 into one of these. 10 years later, that'll pay you $1,000 a month. Actually a little more, about 1,100 a month. Um, and which is far higher than it would a year ago, okay? And so let's, let's do the math on that, $100,000, 10 years later is gonna pay you and your wife, okay? Or it, it's gonna pay the married couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna pay the married couple, if everyone understands what I'm saying. Um, it'll pay you and or your spouse, all right? As long as you live, even if the account goes to zero, even if one of you lives to 110, and that, and that contract went to zero 20 years ago, it is gonna keep on sending you that monthly check. That's why, that's what I'm doing for me and my wife is I am building a ladder of income annuities. And so what I will be doing is putting, I've already, you know, that's what I'm doing personally for us um, because what it's going to do, we'll have, I don't know, six or seven different policies. And so what it'll do, it gives me the ability to turn on the income from each one independently, right? So every, every two or three years, I can turn on another one uh, to generate another, I don't know, 500 bucks a month or whatever it is. And, and that's how I'm going to deal with inflation. Because when I see inflation pick up, prices are going higher. I say, you know what? Let's start another income source. So I've got more money coming in. And uh, what I want to do, going back to the comparison, if you guys remember uh, the old withdrawal rule of thumb is 4%, yep. uh, which I think is fair now that interest rates have come back up higher. For a long time, we were saying maybe 3% is more appropriate. But now with treasuries and bonds up over 4%, uh, I think a four percent withdrawal rate it should it should be reasonable and it should be should be good, okay. But going back to that example of a hundred thousand in the annuity, can it get you eleven hundred a month, guaranteed, no risk, guaranteed, and it's guaranteed to last you forever. And so we want to look at how much you would need. How much do you need in the stock market to get that eleven hundred dollars a month, right, guys? The answer is over three hundred grand, right? Four percent would be twelve thousand dollars a year. So to get eleven hundred, what what what's that? Maybe three twenty, something like that. Yeah. Um, so then the question is, okay, Mister and Mrs. Jones, this hundred thousand dollars, how confident are you that you can more than triple that in the next ten years, and then keep that growing, or at least keep it from losing money, so that it can continue to pay you that eleven hundred dollars a month for as long as you and your your, your spouse are around. To wow. me. To me, it's a no-brainer. It's yeah, a no-brainer. Absolutely. And you clearly, know? it's not everything that you've saved. I mean, this is, like you said, you laddered oh, no. them and, and, you know, obviously you've still got money that's working and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, by all means. It does. It, yeah, I'm not. I, I still have money in stocks and bonds. Yeah. Got money in, in money market accounts. And I've got money in treasuries. I've, I've talked about before. I've, I've started buying uh, short-term treasury bills, actually, uh, several months ago. And, and so I have, you know, I've got those as well. And I'd recommend the same thing for everybody out there. You need to have some money in guaranteed safe investments, whether it's treasury bonds or treasury bills or T-notes or whatever you like. Um, and you want to have money market uh, funds also for your emergency funds, right? If, you know, if something breaks down, like, uh, well, one exa- example in my household, just in the last couple of weeks, a very big shade tree in my front yard, which was really nice considering, um, you know, the sun out here, mm-hmm. some, something happened and it died. I don't know what happened. I just noticed that the leaves are turning brown and they shouldn't have been. And, and so the tree died, right? Yep. Well, that's going to cost 600 bucks to have it removed. He started off at 800. <laughs> All right. I got, I got him down to six. Yeah. So it's $600 to have it removed. 
And then, and then if I do, you know, if I want to plant something, that's going to be who knows how many other, you know, several hundred dollars to plant it. Um, so basically, let's call it a thousand bucks. That is an expense I had did not expect. I did not anticipate at all. Ever. But boom, here's another thousand dollars, right? Yep. And that's and that's a cheap. Last year, it was the air conditioner in, in Arizona. A lot of us have uh, have heat pumps. Yep. Uh, so we get AC and heat from the same unit, right? And so uh, my air conditioner went out. Didn't expect that. Uh, luckily, it went out early in the year. It wasn't middle of August, which would have been horrible. Uh, but that cost me eight grand. And that's after negotiating as well and talking to, I think I had over 10 guys come out because the prices Jeez. were crazy. Yeah. So that was eight, eight grand. But my point is all of these things happen all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And you never know when it's going to come. You never know when it's going to hit you. And it happens to retirees all the time too. So that's why you got to have the emergency fund. But back to, back to Steve's point, what I'm suggesting is when I sit down with somebody with a portfolio, I want to split it up. I want some of it to go into some things for income. I like the income annuities because they're guaranteed. They're safe. And you don't have any risk of losing that money and you know, it's going to be there. And so that's what I'm doing with a piece of our money for me and my wife. Uh, but we're also going to have money in stocks and bonds and, and these other investments as well. I, I think, I think a lot of times people don't understand when somebody suggests, suggests something like this. I, okay. Personally, I'm not recommending every dollar goes into anything. I think that's a mistake for anybody. Um, I believe you have to have different asset classes. You have to have different investments that are going to perform differently. That's diversification. If you have a portfolio and everything goes down together, then it's not properly diversified. No. All right. There should be something that should be going up when everything, when something else is going down. Exactly. And so, you know, and so in annuities, index annuities, I think are a great tool to use. They can be used for safety or for income. And that's what you can sit down with your advisor and the two, you can figure that out. That sounds great, Kevin. Boy, we you sum things up very nicely there. I appreciate it. I appreciate that, Steve. And, and guys, I'd be happy to give you a second opinion uh, on whatever it is you're doing in the financial world. Uh, I'm happy to answer any questions. Feel free to reach out. Check out my website, silverleaffinancial.com. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today 
800-975-6717. Do it today. 